in today's show, we look at injuries around the NBA. There's not that many of them, but there are still some important things to talk about. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with a promo code LOCKEDON. That's PrizePix.com. The promo code is locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're going to talk injuries, all 30 teams, all updates. And yes, I am, I'll tell you when I'm recording this. I'm recording this on Monday, December the 26th at around 4 p.m. Eastern, U.S. time. All right. So I will talk about guys and then in an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, injury updates will happen and I won't have covered them here. So I, while I do appreciate, and I do, I do appreciate people who put a, a comment down there uh, under the video, hey, this guy is actually in or he's out, that's that's really good. But I'm just letting you know um, the time when I'm recording this and the information that we have at hand when we're doing it. So that's the, the NBA, it moves so fast, man. You do something and then in 30 minutes, it's out of date. And we try and keep as up to date as possible. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, the Atlanta Hawks. It's pretty clean. Love a clean injury report. It's Clint Capella, and that's it. And the Clint Capella injury, well, he's listed questionable for Tuesday's game. It was like a calf cramp that sent him out of Friday's game after he'd missed three games with a calf. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. But, of course, the fact that it happened Friday, and we're five days removed from that, and he's still listed questionable, was a little bit worrying. I guess you could hold on to a Kongwu for another game, who, you know, he's coming off the back of a 40-minute game two games ago, and Yeka. Um, and then after that, you move on. But... We're still a little bit uncertain with Capella, which we hope we get that clarity soon. And it, but it doesn't appear to be anything sort of serious. The next team, what, what do I want to talk about? The Celtics, there's no injuries. They're good. Good to go. That's sick. We love that. The Brooklyn Nets, a couple have popped up here. Joe Harris is going to miss Monday's game with knee soreness and not the ankle that cost him time last season. And Seth Curry is questionable with an illness. So you'd think Harris out, Curry would step up. There's a chance both of them are out. So that would mean guys like Edmund Sumner would get first crack, I'd think. And then it's Cam Thomas, Paddy Mills, TJ Warren. There's just so many of these guys. Warren, Curry, Harris, Sumner, Thomas, Mills, even O'Neal gets extra minutes. That it's hard to see anyone as being a huge beneficiary. Like Harris played 18 and 19 minutes the two games prior to having this knee problem. So it's not like he was a big minute guy. And Curry was at 7 and 9 and then 19 and 25. So I don't think we really care too much for the majority of leagues. Maybe if both guys are out, Sumner becomes a deeper league streamer. But realistically, that's about it. For these Charlotte Hornets, Big Dick Nick Richards is listed doubtful with an ankle problem. I don't know whether we get to see him. Oh, hi, Mark. I hope we do. They might play PJ Washington at center. They might run 35 minutes into Mason Plumlee. But I hope we get to see Mark Williams play some center with Richards likely out on Monday. We're not adding Mark Williams pretty clearly anywhere Still think he's got some dynasty appeal, but we're not adding him. 
Cody Martin's still dealing with that knee problem. He's played one minute all season. Um, he's probably still two to three weeks away after knee surgery. His impact is not going to be on the majority of fantasy leagues himself. It's going to be just, if he plays 20 minutes a night, does that mean Ubre goes down to 25 minutes or 26 minutes? Fingers crossed. Um, does it mean Jalen McDaniels plays 18 minutes a night? Maybe. That's probably the impact because Martin's a good player. But it's going to be a while before we get there. And Dennis Smith Jr. is questionable with that ankle problem. The Wood Slanger, he's missed just a million games. And if he returns, then Teo Maladon's the guy that moves out of the rotation. But as you see, these first four teams we're looking at, there's nothing major going on injury-wise. Again, which is always... Remember this part, because whenever someone gets hurt, people love to pile on injuries. They're the worst they've ever been. And it's like with revenge games or contract years or anything. We only ever remember the things that get that can be sensationalized. We don't remember when there's a period where there's actually not that many players out. Like, it's actually not... There are still players out, and it still might be impacting your fantasy team. This is all true. But it's not as bad as when you get that run where a million guys are out, and we remember it, and then we focus that in and go, well, that's what it's like all the time. It's just always like this. Everyone's out every game. It's the worst. I can't deal with it. Why is everyone always injured? It's the same thing. We never look at this and go, I remember that period when there wasn't that many players out? It never sticks in our head. So that's why I'm telling you to remember that. Here we go. The Chicago Bulls. Few, few guys here, nothing serious apart from Lonzo Ball where we're really worried about what the hell happens with his career from here. Literally, I don't expect him to play at all this season. The Rabbit Hunter, Alex Caruso. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Caruso had to leave Wednesday's game early with a shoulder slash concussion issue. He missed Friday's game. He is out again Monday. That's not a great sign. Desumu played 34 and 33 minutes, the two games that Caruso was out. Of course, the game that he got hurt in, Desumu played five minutes and was out of the rotation entirely, and it was Kobe White who filled in. So I don't really know what direction they're going with their point guard. In fact, if I just stopped that sentence in Chicago, I don't know what direction they're going, I would have still been correct. I don't know what they're doing. I assume that Desumu is the starting point guard, and now I also assume that I don't think that I want to grab him in 12-team leagues. Is it one-day stream or no problem? But I don't really see him as an excellent option. White becomes a three-point streamer with a few extra minutes in deeper formats. Javante Green, the man who was allegedly their starter, but then has had knee soreness, and then when he was healthy, didn't start anyway. He is still dealing with a knee issue. I don't think we're going to be getting him starting any point soon. Paddy Williams has played 37 minutes in each of the last two games. That value there for Williams with a four-game week, it does make him marginally appealing because I just think he's going to play good minutes all of this week. And Green is nowhere near a 12-team league player. And then Derek Jones Jr. had to take in the backup center role. He'd played 20 and 15 minutes, and now he's dealing with an ankle problem. He's doubtful for Monday. That means the big avocado, Andre Drummond's back into the rotation. And please, for the love of God, if there's anyone here that's rostering Andre Drummond, and I know you're out there, if there's anyone here rostering Andre Drummond in a 12-team league, what's going on? Do we need to talk? Why are you doing this? Are you just a big fan of guacamole? Why are you rostering Andre Drummond in a 12-team league? There are people out there. I know you're there. Please, have a, have a think about what you're doing. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Do you know what Price Picks is? I'm sure you do. But if you don't, I'm going to tell you. It's daily fantasy, but it's made easy. It's not daily fantasy where you go in and have to create a lineup with salary caps and against thousands of people. It's you versus player projections. You might say Andre Drummond over under four and a half rebounds, and you pick over or under. Or you pick Ayo Desumu over under three and a half assists, and you go over or under. Or you pick Onyeka Okongwu over under one and a half blocks, over under. And you get two to six of those individual player projections, put them into one entry, and you can win up to 25 times your money back. Easy stuff. You can do it in 30 seconds. Sorry, 60 seconds or less. Not 30. That's a bit fast. 
60 seconds or less in over 30 US states and in Canada. And it's so easy and fast and safe to withdraw your money. But it's not just the NBA. You can do the NFL. You can do college basketball. You can do college football. You can do PGA, MMA, boxing, esports, darts maybe. It's not on the list, but I'm sure it's there. Women's college basketball, soccer, NASCAR, and of course, our favorite game, disc golf. Yes, disc golf is there on PricePix. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix gives you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's go to the Cleveland Cavaliers as the next team. Nothing changed on that injury report, thankfully. We've just got Dean Wade out with a shoulder problem. He shouldn't be too far away from returning. With the way that Okoro has played, I'm not sure whether Wade immediately plays 28 minutes a night as a starter when he returns. Okoro has been solid enough. Wade, obviously not a fantasy option though. Rick Rubio, we might be getting him back in a week or so, but I don't think he's a 12-team. People are stashing him in 12-team leagues. I don't really think it's uh, useful. Limited minutes, sitting back-to-backs behind Garland and Mitchell. Maybe he plays 18 minutes a night and can be good for an occasional assist stream. I just don't think it's worth having him on your roster now. And then Dylan Windler with his ankle, we're still probably two, three weeks away from him returning. And even when he does, is he going to play? Probably not. A few injuries in Dallas. Dorian Finney-Smith has missed the last three games with an adductor issue. They played Tuesday against the Knicks. He's not obviously a 12-team league guy. And Reggie Bullock has been the guy replacing him as a three-point stream option you can use if Finney Smith is out, but that's all we're out there. Josh Green's probably got about another week out with that elbow sprain. He'd been playing pretty well, but I don't think he's much of a fantasy guy. Kemba Walker was still rostered in just far too many leagues. That is starting to come down. He's doubtful for Tuesday with a knee issue. I, ex- or I, I don't expect him to play. In that game, and I don't expect you to bother with him in fantasy. In fact, Neil Keener with a knee problem, he's questionable. He missed last game, but again, he's not impacting much. The big one there is Maxi Kleber, who I don't expect to play this regular season with that hamstring surgery that he had. And that does impact guys like Christian Wood, who's playing a lot more minutes, and someone like Dwight Powell, who really solidifies their role. In Denver, we've got Jeff Green out with a finger issue for weeks, like four plus weeks with his finger issue. That's not great. What we get there is Zeke Naji stepping into his role. Um, maybe some mixture minutes from Christian Brown, but look, Green wasn't a huge um, a fantasy guy, obviously, but there were like, 15, 16 minutes of his to be distributed each night. So it helps someone like Bruce Brown, it helps Zeke Naji. It probably helps Christian Brown a little bit there as well. While Colin Gillespie, a two-way player, dealing with that leg fracture, he hasn't played yet, and I don't really think he's any closer to playing. Well, he is closer to playing. I just don't think he's going to. For the Detroit Pistons, we've got Marvin Bagley dealing with an illness. Now, Bagley is out as my screen tries to load. I expect that Nerlens Noel would get backup center minutes or or we get uh, Isaiah Stewart shifting across into the backup center and they adjust their rotation and give Kevin Knox or even someone like Rodney Magruder some more minutes there to sort of push the rotation around. Isaiah Livers probably still a week away. Obviously, we're not rostering Livers in 12 or 14 or 16 team leagues and we're not rostering Bagley in 12 team leagues and they're the only injuries there in Detroit. For Golden State, um, this one, there is some significant ones, obviously, because we have Andrew Wiggins still dealing with a groin injury. His Kerr was like, we thought he would be back at this point. He's still a little bit away. So they play Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back. I think there's no chance he plays Tuesday. I would expect that Wednesday game is pretty unlikely for Wiggins. And then I would think the return is more likely on Friday. That obviously helps Dante DiVincenzo in the short term. 
Less so John Kaminga, who's been sort of up and down with his numbers. It's hard to rely upon him because if you look at his last games, 24, 29, 5, 27, 30, 17. They're the minutes. Can't really do much of that, can you? Steph's still probably yeah, three weeks away here with his shoulder injury. So that is giving that boost to DiVincenzo. Who thought played really well on Christmas, and there is opportunity for him with Wiggins and Curry out. Jermichael Green was dealing with COVID. With him out, they were playing James Wiseman in that role. Um, whether they go back to Green or keep Wiseman as the backup center, I'm not sure. Well, Andre Iguodala, I think he's auditioning for the Great British Bake Off. Um, there's something going on. I don't know what it is. He's never going to play, apparently. He's just living life and sitting on the bench in cool outfits and dapping blokes up and never seeing the court, which, I don't know, good for him. The Houston Rockets. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. I'm not going to lie. I'm scared shitless of what happens when Jay Sean Tate returns. Jay Sean Tate is a mid-eighth man on a semi-okay team. That's his role in the NBA. But I fear that he's going to come in and we're going to see Kenyon Martin or Tari preseason see their roles reduced. And it's going to annoy me. Absolutely to no end. We know that Tate is still out on Monday. Maybe Tuesday or Thursday he returns. No, no we're not adding Jay Sean Tate in 10 or 12 or probably 14 team leagues. I don't know what it does to Eric Gordon's minutes. I'm really worried about what our favorite um, um, incompetent coach, Stephen Silas, is able to do. We already see how he's able to uh, play their best player fewer minutes in Alperen Shangun. So we'll see what they do when they add Tate into the mix just to further confuse that forward rotation. I think, like a lot of these guys, the biggest impact Tate is going to have is on what he does to guys like Eason. And if Eason gets pushed out of the rotation, then holding him is impossible. Like, if you are holding him as a luxury stash, getting like 14-team league value in a 12-team league, waiting for more minutes, and then Tate pushes him out of the rotation, well, you can't really justify that, can you? And even with, with Eason at the moment, just to segue a little bit, he's really not playing much at the three. So even an Eric Gordon trade might not open up enough for him. It just it might not, because we're seeing so much of him um, playing behind Jabari Smith. What I think we need to see is Smith playing the backup center minutes, getting rid of Fernando, and then you have Eason-Smith as a 4-5 combination. So running eason smith Shengun playing most of those 4-5 minutes. But I don't think we're going to get that anytime soon. On to the Indiana Pacers. Um, Aaron Neesmith, who moved into the starting lineup and then missed a game with an ankle problem. I think he's okay as a 12-team league guy. He's very fringy. I don't think he's going to break and be a top 100 regularly, uh, regular sort of player. But there's enough there to be interested. He's questionable with an ankle injury. And then the guy who stepped up last game, Jalen Smith, he's also dealing with an ankle problem. Now, Smith played good minutes in the last game, but let's not get it confused. He didn't play those minutes because Neesmith was out. He played them because Miles Turner was in foul trouble. 21 minutes on Wednesday because Miles Turner played 27. 23 minutes on Friday because Miles Turner played 25. And if you have a quick calculator in your hand, you'll know that those numbers both add up to 48 because they both played at center. Turner out, Smith in. Turner out, Smith in. So the recent production from Smith, the elevation in his game, was to do with Turner's reduced minutes and foul trouble. Smith played well, but he didn't get minutes. Oh, wow, we've got to force him back in. We've got to play him powerful. It's not what they did. They said, you are exclusively a center now, which means Isaiah Jackson, which is, again, if the Pacers still surprise us, I think it's a horrifically baffling decision to take Isaiah Jackson out of the rotation for Jalen Smith, or just in general. Um, but don't get too excited about Smith, who's now injured as well. Of course, Daniel Tice, one of the most forgotten men in the league, I reckon. He's still out with that knee problem, and Kendall Brown has a stress reaction in his leg. I don't think we're seeing him at any point soon. 
The Clippers, it's always great to see this, the Clippers have a fairly clean injury report. Yes, Kawhi is sitting Monday's game as part of his knee injury management, but that's it. He'll be back Tuesday. Johnny Wall missed Friday's game with an ankle sprain. He's listed questionable for Monday. He was always going to miss one of Monday or Tuesday anyway, Wall. So I guess if he misses Monday, there's a chance that he plays on Tuesday. He is not, I repeat, not John Wall, a 12-team league player. I think you're all well aware of that. Hopefully you're all well aware of that now. And obviously missing more games would further strengthen my claim in that area. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season, semifinals this weekend, basketball, college basketball, it's all happening over at betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. And tonight, we've got the Chargers and the Colts. The Chargers, they're looking to get a playoff spot, and they're three and a half point favorites over the Indianapolis Colts and Jeff Monday. Can they do it? Don't know. We'll find out. But if you want to check it out, all the odds and Week 17 odds are up, including Thursday night's Dallas-Tennessee game. It's all up over at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the Lakers. Injury report is clean, apart from a huge one. And that's Anthony Davis with a foot stress injury, which, of course, doesn't tell us much. Is it a stress fracture? Is it a stress reaction? Is it the stress of dealing with Anthony Davis injury reports? I don't know. I have no idea. I'd love to know. I'd love for them to tell us. But of course they won't because they're a bunch of assholes. I don't know what to do with that Davis news. It doesn't tell me a thing. I still, I'm just going to stick with the original four-week timeline. It's good news that he doesn't appear to be in too much pain. It's good news that he's not in a walking boot. So maybe the worst has been avoided despite a lot of the doomsayers, which is where I sort of take... Yeah, the, the general tenor you get of people's information and how you, it's sort of how you can, well, what's going to happen with this injury? And a lot of people were really worried about it. And I said, oh, shit, here we go. Like, it's something bad. And then you throw in confusing reporting or non-specific reporting. It makes you still think that something bad is going on. But then there's conflicting reports, much like there was for Cade Cunningham, who, of course, is out for the season. So I don't know what to do with this Davis news. I still wouldn't be interested in trading for him unless it's only for a top 100 player. Um... And my assumption is still going to be like bare minimum four. Maybe it's worse. The reports don't alleviate my concern is what I'm trying to say. I hope that makes sense. It should, but, but yeah, it was confusing. Let's talk about Juan Toscano Anderson, who's dealing with an ankle problem. Okay, cool. I don't know why I want to talk about him because he's not in the rotation. Tom Bryant only played 18 minutes or 19 minutes last game. I'm not sure it was injury related. We hope it's not. He'd been playing strong minutes before that. and He still remains a 12-team league guy. But those low minutes on Christmas was a little bit annoying. Memphis, good news. There's no one on the injury report. That's always sick. We love seeing that. We go to Miami. It's not not quite as not quite as good there in Miami, but we know that they're dicking us around with their injury reports. But in saying that, Bam is out with a head cold for Monday's game. Jimmy Butler remains questionable after leaving Friday's game with an ankle injury. I know I, know I talk about do not draft lists and how they should always be empty, but it's impossible, really, at this point, to draft Jimmy Butler in fantasy. Like, how can you? Yes, he might be a top 15 player. This is why he was falling to 40. And even then, like, I was always skeptical about it. you got to be really, really cautious about drafting him because it's just another another ankle problem, another knee problem, another back problem. It's always something. Caleb Martin's probable. Gabe Vincent's questionable with a knee effusion. Dwayne Dedman's out. Yurtseven's still dealing with the ankle and Haslam's dealing with Achilles soreness. With Adebayo out and Dedman out, 
Short term, Haywood Highsmith is the guy I'm looking at. Now, they could play Nikola Jovic at center. Or actually, sorry, the other guy I'm looking at is Orlando Robinson. Big fantasy contributor. Great stream for Monday. And then Highsmith is the other guy who I think probably gets minutes over Jovic. I think he's better than Jovic at this point. So Highsmith and Orlando Robinson, but it's only short term without a bio here. It's just an illness. It's not a long-term thing. If Butler's out, then Oladipo and Struess are the guys that get the boost there. It's a pretty disgusting looking injury report, but we know the Heat are dicking us around a little bit. We also don't know what the hell is going on with Chris Middleton, who has a knee issue. It's not the same knee that he injured in the playoffs, which is interesting. Well, it's not interesting. It's annoyingly bad and frustrating. He has now missed five consecutive games with this knee soreness after coming back from the wrist surgery and sucking. But he did play 30 minutes in a game, and then everything's dropped off since then. I'm really, I'm getting, I still think he's a buy low, but I'm not sending a top 80 player for him. It's got to be lower. And then I'll just rather let it go. Like, it is a worry. Like, there's so many reports this season of soreness, and I don't know why they are. I don't know why everyone is listing everything as soreness. It's not just soreness. There's something going on with so many of these. I'm not saying this one in particular, but so many of these sorenesses are bullshit. They're bad designations, and they're used to try and push through NBA injury reporting guidelines. So I don't know what's going on with Middleton. It's like Terry Rogier's doubtful ankle sprain for two and a half weeks or whatever it was. Or Caleb Martin's doubtful tag for... Uh, Cody Martin, sorry. Doubtful tag for two and a half weeks and then, ah, psych. Uh, knee surgery out forever. This is frustrating. and Not something we could have seen coming. How could you have ever seen... Okay, so we can look at this and go, look, I'm never drafting Middleton again. Or I'm never drafting someone with wrist surgery coming in again. Like, it's you couldn't predict this. How could you look at it and go, well, he's had wrist surgery. So I think that when he comes back, he'll actually hurt a knee where he's never been any problem with it. But that logic doesn't add up. It's bad. And the totality of those two things together would make you believe, well, someone's injured entering the season. I can't draft them. And that is an okay rule to have if it's a lower body injury, usually. But the fact that this situation is being compounded by something which literally has no correlation whatsoever is going to lead some people to making some poor choices, I think, in fantasy drafts in the future. With Middleton out, they started Pat Connaughton last game. Ingles is getting minutes. Carter's getting minutes. Beauchamp plays sometimes. None of them look like great 12-team league options, though. In Minnesota, Carl anthony Towns still dealing with his calf injury. We're probably two to three more weeks at least, probably three weeks away from him returning. Gobert... Obviously, is their starting center, but Naz Reed played, what, 25 minutes last game? I think some of Reed's minutes were due to Kyle Anderson's absence, who has now missed three straight games with back spasms. I think Anderson got back spasms in about the second game of the season and sort of been on and off all year. I under- Anderson's value is not that, that high that you have to deal with him on your roster with multiple missed games. So I don't know if he's going to play Monday. He might. If he does, he's worth having, but he's not like this top 50 guy where you've got to deal with, like Middleton, where you've got to deal with this stuff. If you want to drop, drop. Prince is still out. He's been out weeks with that shoulder injury. And McLaughlin's been out like almost three weeks with a calf injury as well. And all of those guys, Prince, McLaughlin, Anderson, they all come back. They impact someone like an Austin Rivers. And they do impact someone like Naz Reed playing 25 minutes, playing power forward next to Gobert. Because with Prince and Anderson there, he just wouldn't get those same opportunities. But with these guys out, it does help McDaniels. It helps Gobert. It helps Reed to become a really interesting 12-team league guy. Yesterday's show, I let off the news segment by saying Zion Williamson's back. But apparently he's not because he was off the injury report yesterday. But today he's now listed doubtful due to conditioning coming back from COVID, which is a gigantic bummer. They could have told us that yesterday, so I didn't look stupid. But that's where we're at with Zion. And then Herb Jones is on the injury report as out with COVID. Trey Murphy is questionable with a non-COVID illness. 
sorry, a non-COVID illness. And Dyson Daniels also has a non-COVID illness. So I've got two guys with COVID, two guys with non-COVID illnesses. Larry Nance is still questionable with Achilles soreness and Brandon Ingram is out. So th- we know this. The starting shooting guard, small forward, power forward are all out. The backup forward is also questionable. Trey Murphy. The backup center is also questionable. So Najee Marshall, fire him up. Jackson Hayes, maybe fire him up as well. I don't expect that Jones... Or Zions. Jones probably misses a little bit more time this week and he's not a 12 10 league guy. Um, I don't think this is a long term thing for, for Murphy, Jones, Zion. But short term, there is some value there in Najee and Hayes. As for if Nance is out, well, look, honestly, they could be without six rotation players here, the Pelicans, for Monday. Meaning that firing up Hayes and Marshall is just gigantic. Like huge, huge waiver, uh, waiver options. In New York, we don't really have any information on Jalen Brunson after he left the game on Christmas with a hip injury. Sorry, he left the game on Christmas with an injury. We assume it's a hip injury because we saw him grabbing at his hip, but the Knicks refused to tell us anything because they're too cool for that. They don't want to talk to the media. They'll only do media stuff with pre-prepared scripts they give to their own in-house media. Can't talk to anybody. Uh, The GMs can't say anything. We're not going to tell you. So I don't know what Jalen Brunson's status is, the burner. I expect if he is out, then you get a big boost for quickly, but you get a sizable boost for Juice McBride as well. And then maybe Derek Rose slides in as a backup. That would be my guess. But that is all we know about the Brunson situation. And all we know is that he left that game and never returned. Now, more information might come out. We hope it's nothing serious, but adding quickly, who can provide value in his own right, with some upside if Brunson's out, I think he's a strong move. Obi Toppin remains out for a couple more weeks. He's just been replaced in that rotation by Jericho Sims. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. You just made the list! Hey, double sound drop. Um, but that's really only impacting deeper formats. Let's go to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, he's out for a while. Usman Jeng is out for a while. While Jalen Williams, that's Pig Williams, not the Bronco, uh, he is dealing with a concussion. Robinson Earl being out, you would think, theoretically, would give Darius Baisley an opportunity, but Baisley in the last two games that he's been available has combined for four minutes. Um, while Aaron Wiggins went from playing 25, 28, 21, 25 minutes to 10 and 6. So I, just, I don't care. I don't care for any of these guys. Even Pokishevsky, I can't predict it. There are four guys that are reliable. Giddy, Shea, Williams, and Dort. That's Bronco, Jalen Williams. And Jalen Williams and Lou Dort aren't producing a 12-team category league value. While I do think there is upside in the Bronco to have as a luxury stash, he's not producing 12-team value, neither is Dort. So you don't need to have them if you don't want to. And everyone else, it's just a mess every game. The only guy that's getting consistency at the moment is actually the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams, who's played at least 24 minutes in four straight games, although the minutes have gone from 32 to 29 to 27 to 24. So it's heading down, and I don't trust it. I don't trust his knee. I don't trust that role. In essence, I don't trust anybody on this team to do anything. The Orlando Magic. Um, Jalen Suggs still dealing with that ankle soreness. Soreness. Uh, we hope he's able to come back soon. It's been about four weeks. No, you don't need to stash him. It's going to be a confusing rotation because Harris and Anthony and Fultz are all there. I like Suggs, and I think they'll start him over Bolt, but I don't know. It could easily be Gaz Harris. They're still working their way back with a lot of these players. Um, Chumaro KK is out for probably another three to four weeks with knee soreness. We're obviously not rostering him. And then John Isaac, it can't, it can't still be an ACL recovery, can it? I think he's off doing uh, PR for Salt Bay, just trying to get him back in the public's good graces. There's something going on. It's not, it, can't, it can't be an ACL injury because it has been two and a half years. On to the Philadelphia 
76. There's only Tangles that's on there. Tyrese Maxi with his foot fracture. We expect him back either Tuesday or Friday this week. And then I don't know what they do. There's some talk that maybe they move PJ Tucker to the bench. There's some talk that they keep Melton starting, maybe with Maxi on the bench. I think that might happen initially. So we are holding Melton until Maxi returns and then seeing what happens, which is the case a lot of this time. We want to see what happens. It's not like, hey, Shake Milton was replacing James Harden in the lineup. Harden's back. Really hard to consider holding um, Milton. It's not like, hey, we tried Paul Reed because Joel Embiid was out, and Embiid's come back. Well, let's just hold Paul in case in case they split minutes. Like it's not the it's not what was going to happen ever. But with these twos, threes, and fours, when other players come back, they can shuffle so much around that it's worth holding Milton to see what actually goes on with minutes. And he's been great in this time that um, Tangles has been out. On to Phoenix, Devin Booker. You've got to be really worried, I think. He had that, um, it was a hamstring issue at first. Missed missed games, came back, played a couple, re-aggravated his groin, missed three straight, rushed, I would say, to come back and play on Christmas, lasted four minutes. They played three games this week. I'll be, I'll be absolutely stunned if Devin Booker plays this week. Stunned. So, grabbing Landry Shamit makes sense. Shamit is playing absolutely the best basketball of his career. No one is doubting that. 29, 35, 31, and 35 minutes in the last four games. Two games of 31 points in that time. He even gave us assists on Christmas, but we know what we're doing with him. It's getting points and getting threes. The way that they focused on him on Christmas to get him shots was huge, and that gives him value. But realistically, he's probably like a Tim Hardaway level fantasy player in this time that Booker is out. Damian Lee also becomes an option, but I would expect that we're just ruling Booker out for this week at least. Maybe maybe it's a two-weeker. I don't know. We haven't got that full update on that, but that is how my working assumption. So, Shamit... Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back. Tuesday got 10 games. Wednesday is streamable. So there's some value in that. And they play Friday. You you can use him there. But don't be surprised if he has a 10-point game on 20% shooting. Because his game is heavily, heavily based. Read entirely based on shooting. And and threes. That's it. And that's useful. But he's in just a massive heater at the moment. Everything's going in. And it won't be like that forever. I feel like with Damian Lee, though, it will be like that forever. He just doesn't miss this bloke. And if you are in a deeper league looking for threes, like you're going to get 20-plus minutes out of Damo, and that's good. Campaign still dealing with a foot injury. His return would also impact Lee and Shamit because Shamit basically is playing like starting shooting guard slash backup point guard, whereas you know, Payne would take some of that role away from him. And then Jay Crowder. Cool. I guess you're waiting for a trade, big fella. And the Suns don't care. No, you don't need to stash Jay Crowder. People try to stash the worst players. <laughs> Not the worst players, but you know, people love I think people love the idea of a stash because they think that it's going to really um yeah take them to a league title. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Like in a twelve team league, I've had people say, I'm gonna stash Rubio. I'm gonna stash Dillon Wright. I'm gonna stash Jay Crowder. Like you're gonna stash the hundred and fortieth best player? What's the point of that? I think we just like the idea some of the time of getting ahead and like, oh, I got him. I got him. So just always got to, like, it's, this is not, like Cam Johnson, bit of a different story. I think he's like a top 100 player, but even then, maybe he's not. I think we sometimes get overexcited about stashing because we like the idea of figuring something out before others. Human psyche analysis. Onto the Portland Trailblazers. Justice Winslow is going to miss again with an ankle problem. With him out, they give Keon Johnson a little bit more playing time. Gary Payton and his... Con- Seriously, he's been conditioning for 10 weeks. He's running a marathon. I don't know what's going on with him. 
when he returns, I think it's going to be really bad for Shaden Sharp and his his minutes. Not that he's even a fantasy player in any league really at all. But I think Peyton's going to impact that. Whether it impacts Josh Hart, I'd really, really doubt that. Nasir Little's still out for a few more weeks. Josh Hart is probable with an ankle problem. He seems to be listed probable every game, but his minutes are going up every night, so I don't think we worry there. But the other one we do need to worry a little about is Yusuf Nurkic dealing with that calf issue. The last two games have been pretty limited for him with fouls and with the injury as well. And that's helping Drew Eubanks become a streamer for deeper format. So we just keep an eye on Nurk and the, that playing time. I'd love to give you more information on Demontis Sabonis' hand, but I can't. I talked about this on yesterday's show. Yeah, Woj told us that he has an injury that may or not may or may not be serious and may or may not cost him time. So we're in exactly the same position we were before we knew anything. We don't know anything at all about his injury. We know he's got an injured hand. That's it. I would not expect him to play on Tuesday. And I think that they'd probably go with Rashawn Holmes, but it would be a Rashawn Holmes, Chemezi Metu, Nemes Keita, Trey Lyles, shit, maybe even Alex Len. Just mixing and matching guys without anyone necessarily being a must-roster 12-team league guy. But we don't know because they're not telling us. The Spurs haven't... What? The Spurs have no one injured. Well, they're going to have to cook something up there. They're going to have to find a fake injury somewhere in the mix. Calden Johnson's back. How's it going, mate? Um, Devin Vassell, your knee's okay? You try it? Mm. Trey try, try Jones, did you hurt your um, ears in any way? We'll see if they cook something up in the meantime. But it, now, there's no one injured. Amazingly. For Toronto, pressure to is still out. Three more weeks, I'm guessing. Same with Otto Porter with his toe injury. Porter's just barely played this season. Achua's not a stashable player, pretty obviously, I think. And Ken Birch dealing with an illness. Their bench rotation continues to be frustrating. Boucher was DMP'd last game. Gary Trent played 20 minutes, while Hernan Gomez and Flynn played 24 and 23 combined, which, not combined, uh, respectively. Which, you know, two weeks ago, you would have said you were a madman for predicting that. Onto the Utah Jazz, the only guy injured there is Kelly Olenek dealing with an ankle problem, so we have more value for Walker Kessler, who remains a must-roster player regardless, but his minutes should just step up there, and that obviously helps Jared Vanderbilt a little bit as well. And then in Washington, there's only two injuries there. One of them is Denny Avdia with his back problem, and the other one is apparently Will Barton. Now, you, Will! No, he's about to sack that. He missed the game on Friday with uh, the back issue. I don't even know if he is in the rotation, honestly. The, uh, their bench could just be Hachimura, Kispert, Wright, and Gafford. I don't know where he fits in. Avdia is not a 12-team league guy on a healthy roster, and he's currently injured. If Avdia is out, it does help Barton get some minutes, but it helps Hachimura and Kispert become at least streamers for points and in the case of Kispert, some threes. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.